God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hello, hello. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I'm Leslie. Oh, there's no Tracy. Where's Tracy? Golly gee, guys. Tracy is actually in a training today, and we have pre-recorded the show, and I have lost the beginning intro part of the pre-recording of the show, so I'm going to do the Connect the Dot live, and then uh, we will reconnect with a lively conversation that Tracy and I had not long ago yesterday about being imprisoned. The topic of today's show is being imprisoned. For those of you who don't listen to the show very often, you won't know that I work at the Dallas County Women's Jail. And much of what I have come to understand is that the women that are actually in the physical prison in the world have figured out through working their own spiritual and recovery program that they become less imprisoned in their mind than than many times I feel I am in my mind walking around in the quote-unquote free world. So the topic for today is and how does saying yes to spirit change that? So but the first thing that we do and my most favorite thing that we do is connect the dots to last week I get the theme music to play. Theme music. I can't tell if that's playing or not. Go. But I hope that it's playing. And it has my favorite little sound there at the very end. Don't you love that? I love that. So, connect the dots between last week's show and this week's show. Last week we talked about miracles. And something that occurs to me, that it is a bit of a miracle when someone comes into a physical prison. I'm fascinated by how many people come to visit people at the Dallas County Women's Jail. You get to 10 minutes, maybe 20, depending on your relationship. The visit is behind glass, so you don't get to touch your loved one. And people will stand in line in Dallas, Texas, in 110-degree heat, in the snow, when it snows, strangely, oddly, when it snows, in the rain, and they're out in the elements. There's no shelter for them. And they'll stand in line for two hours sometimes to be able to get that little brief moment. And it always occurs to me when I see them standing in line that that's a bit of a miracle that we really are connected so much to each other that we're willing to do some extraordinary things to stay connected. For those that we love. So there's my connected dots, the miracle of uh, staying connected even amidst perhaps one of our loved ones being imprisoned, or the miracle of how I get out of my own sense of feeling imprisoned. And that really will take us nicely into the conversation that Tracy and I had about this. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back, and Tracy's voice will magically join us and uh, we'll have a, a, a lively discussion about saying yes to spirit and being imprisoned. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit. My name is Tracy. 
Oh, I'm Leslie. And today our theme is imprisoned. What is it like to be imprisoned and how does saying yes to spirit move you beyond that? Now here's a question you might not want to answer live on the radio, but have you ever been in jail, Tracy? Brown? <laughs> I have never been in jail as a behind the <laughs> bar. Person. Yeah. Yeah, there I've go. been in jails. I have been to visit people yes. in jail and in prison. Yeah. But no, I have never been arrested or in uh-huh. jail. And it's not an experience that I would put on my bucket list. <laughs> would you like to guess if I've ever been arrested or in jail? Oh, at least 10 times. <laughs> Get that workers' release program going on. I work in the jail because I'm serving my community service hours back to the jail. So, Leslie, have you ever been in jail? Uh, that was a, just a uh-huh. smart, uh-huh. elegant answer. It's funny, though. Before. It was very funny. No, I have not. And, you know, having worked now for four years in the, or, you know, volunteered initially and, and now work, I, uh, I would find it much less of a horrible experience, although it would be certainly horrible. But you know, that it demystified it, certainly. But um, I've never even been to a prison. So you've been to a prison. So the big house. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> not impressive. It's not so word. Was, it, was it a Texas big house? Was it a prison no, here in Texas? No, it was a prison in um, Arkansas. Mm. You know, there is one thing that I am, um, and this does kind of get back to the thing, but there is one thing I'm impressed by. Impressed meaning it makes an impression on me. I'm up at the jail two nights a week, and they both are nights that there's visitation at the jail. And the visitation at the Dallas County Jail is, uh, I think you can stay for 10 minutes, depending on your relationship, maybe up to 20 minutes to each inmate. They're, it's only behind a glass wall, so there's no touching in the county jail. And every visitation time, there are people wrapped around the building. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's snowing. I don't care if it's 115 degrees in the heat in the evening in the summer months here in Texas. There are people waiting to have that 10-minute window with their loved one. And that, I used to say, and I still sort of say, I don't think I love anybody that much. (laughs) And I'm really certain nobody loves me that much. You know, I mean, that's an amazing thing, I think. And there's some sort of something spiritual about that, that mm-hmm. these people are well, yeah. willing I mean, to do that. Well, yeah, it's your family or your spouse or your child, especially yes. if it's your uh-huh. child. Um, yeah, how do you not go and visit? I mean, how do you not? Right. And uh, that's just part of it. I mean, I know people who, you know, would have to get up on a Saturday morning and be on the road, like, at 4 a.m. to Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit. My name is Tracy. Oh, I'm Leslie. And today our theme is imprisoned. What is it like to be imprisoned and how does saying yes to spirit move you beyond that? Now, here's a question you might not want to answer live on the radio, but have you ever been in jail, Tracy? Brown? <laughs> I have never been in jail as a behind the well, bar person. Yeah, yeah, there you I've go. I've been in jails. I have been uh-huh. to visit people yes. in jail and in prison. Yes. But no, I have never been arrested or in uh-huh. jail. And it's not an experience that I would put on my bucket list. <laughs> would you like to guess if I've ever been arrested or in jail? Oh, at least 10 times. <laughs> Get that 
workers' release program going on. I work in the jail because I'm serving my community service hours back to the jail. So, Leslie, have you ever been in jail? Uh, that was a just a uh-huh. smart, uh-huh. elegant answer. It's funny, though. It was very funny. No, I have not. And, you know, having worked now for four years in the, or, you know, volunteered initially and, and now work, I, uh, I would find it much less of a horrible experience, although it would be certainly horrible. But, you know, that it demystified it, certainly. But um, I've never even been to a prison, so you've been to a prison. So the big house, that's impressive. <laughs> not impressive is not the word. Was it, was it a Texas big house? Was it a prison no, here in Texas? No, it was a prison in um, Arkansas. Mm. You know, there is one thing that I am, um, and this does kind of get back to the thing, but there is one thing I'm impressed by. Impressed meaning it makes an impression on me. I'm up at the jail two nights a week, and they both are nights that there's visitation at the jail. And the visitation at the Dallas County Jail is, uh, I think you can stay for 10 minutes, depending on your relationship, maybe up to 20 minutes to each inmate. There, It's only behind a glass wall, so there's no touching in the county jail. And every visitation time, there are people wrapped around the building. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's snowing. I don't care if it's 115 degrees in the heat in the evening in the summer months here in Texas. There are people waiting to have that 10-minute window with their loved one. And that, I used to say, and I still sort of say, I don't think I love anybody that much. (laughs) And I'm really certain nobody loves me that much. You know, I mean, that's an amazing thing, I think. And there's some sort of something spiritual about that, that mm-hmm. these people are well, yeah. willing I mean, to do that. Well, yeah, it's your family or your spouse or your child, especially yes. if it's your uh-huh. child. Um, yeah, how do you not go and visit? I mean, how do you not? Right. And uh, that's just part of it. I mean, I know people who, you know, would have to get up on a Saturday morning and be on the road, like, at 4 a.m. to drive to a prison, you know, where their family member was. And, you know, and then they drive three hours or four hours and go to the prison and, yeah, have a 20-minute visit and then drive back. It's like, on the one hand, it doesn't make sense. On the other hand, it's, well, of course you would do that. Right, yeah. Of course. You do what you're going to do to have whatever level of relationship you can with someone you love and love or care about. But, yeah, it is that idea that uh, it's kind of strange to see it when you haven't, lived it. And to that to that end, in our families, there are people in my family that I would say are imprisoned by their false beliefs. And I certainly do now that I consider it go to great lengths to stay connected to them regardless of how nuts they are. <laughs> that was good how nuts they are. And I know some fairly nutty people in my family. It kind of runs in your family. <laughs> Yes. And you are part of the oh, family. That, thank you. Thank you. I'm on the recovering side of the family. Yes, thank you. But, um, yeah, I guess that's a good point, that we do stay connected to those we love, regardless of if, they're, if their form of imprisonment is active or not. Mm-hmm. So what about this idea that we are imprisoned by our own mind, lowercase m, um, and that we are imprisoned by our false beliefs. Yes. So we are our own. Well, I, what I like about that idea is that means that I am my own prison guard and I have the key. And I can unlock the doors to the jail anytime I want to. There's something about that in the Bible, isn't there? Am I wrong? Do you, does my voice get southern when I say something yes. about the Bible? Every time. <laughs> Every time. I'm get, so glad you know that. I get a little that. southern. The Bible said that, but it doesn't say that? Something about that? 
Well, I think you Biblical need to scholar, ask Tracy. Him. I was just going to say, I think you need to ask a Bible scholar. Well, oh. there there are some uh, scriptures. There's several scriptures that, yeah, I mean, the theme, the idea is unlock the key to, you know, to your divinity, unlock the key to your relationship with God. Um, so I, I do remember reading some, but I can't tell you where they are. Um, and if my sister is listening, I would love it if she would just uh, call in and let us know, because she could probably quote yes. the minister's sister book and verse. Yes, yes. yes. Actually, either one of my sisters, I'm definitely the minister's sister, but my older sister ah. um, would might just as easily be able to on something like that um, quote book and verse book and verse. But it is an interesting, and, and certainly I agree with your point that we have the key, and in some ways, that's a fabulous thing to come into understanding of, and then in some ways that is just the worst news ever. <laughs> Isn't it right? <laughs> I would rather not know what I know. Maybe. Yeah, I took a class with uh, uh, taking a lot of classes, but this one particular class I'm thinking about was, I think it was spiritual practices, and one, and yeah, it wasn't spiritual practices, and we had groups of five. In the, I think there were 35 people in the class. But oh. then we had groups of five that were like at, during the class we would be like prayer partners or sangha partners. Nice. And, um, one of the women who was in my group, I I don't I couldn't remember the last time I had laughed so hard. But we were talking about how the law is always working. The law is always working. The law only says yes. So you have the key yeah. to that, right? Right. What you decide to think about, what you decide to focus on, you are demanding that to show up in your life. And not from a place of, so whatever bad is happening is all your fault, because there's a lot of stuff, and plus nothing is really bad, ever. <laughs> but her line, we were talking about this concept, and then she just repeated something that had been said, and she's like, the law is always working, and it responds to everything I really want by saying yes. Huh. That means I'm accountable. I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> it just kind of came across her mind. Yeah, I was like, yeah, accountability. Oh. Actually, there was a word of profanity in the middle of that. <laughs> Yeah, I chose not to say uh -huh. it as I remembered that we are broadcasting on Say Yes to Spirit. Um, so That yeah. truly is. That is truly the good news and that is truly the bad news. Because that idea of, you know, understanding my own uh, partnership in the creative process then allows me to see my feeling or belief of imprisonment is is simply a, a mind, you know, simply a choice. And again, I go back to these women that are literally imprisoned and they are freer in their spirit than I know most people to be. Well, you know, there is a part of me that really gets that if I, and I don't have any desire you're not putting that into your order into the have universe. Any desire to personally experience prison as a prisoner in the form of jail or <laughs> you're being very specific and not ordering that yet. And at the same time, there is a part of me that says, you know, if you were in prison, in physical prison, right. what's there for you to worry about? You don't have to worry about True that. do you have money to pay your rent or your mortgage or your car payment. You don't have to worry about going to the grocery store and having to figure out 
how to feed yourself or maybe yourself and your kids on $40 for the whole week. Right. You don't have any of that. And so you have a regimen and a schedule that you don't get to decide. But, you know, once you are used to it in terms of the schedule, like I cannot imagine me being up like this. 6 a.m. every day, right? <laughs> or eating bologna sandwich every day, actually. Or eating a bologna yeah, sandwich every day, right. I mean, there's a part of me that would be like, no. However, once that becomes the life and the pattern, and you know it can't change, so you accept it, then it's like, well, yeah, in some ways you are more free, and you are free to just be who you are are and to get through all the layers. So I don't think there's any any surprise that so many people have conversions. Yes. Whether it's um whether it's Christianity or Catholicism or Islam or, you know, or whatever. Um last um last week, in the last few weeks when I was talking with Reverend Deborah Johnson the the author of the Sacred Yes, which now oh wow, three times in the same show. You talked to her. Um, well, I've talked to her before, but uh, I had her actually Skype in to the class. That nice. Week. So that was really very cool. But one of the examples that she shared was a man who was exposed to new thought, spiritual teaching. While he was in prison. Thank you. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And he is now out of prison. Yes. And he's not been out of prison a very long time, but, um, and I think she said he had been in prison for over 20 years, but don't quote me on that. He's been in prison for a long time. And I may be mixing up two different stories in terms of time because it seems like somebody else was telling a story. But anyway, she shared this example. This guy had been in prison for a long, long time. He was exposed to new thought. And she actually, you know, we are practitioners in science of mind and in new thought um, have pretty rigorous training. I mean, they have over 400 hours or about 400 hours of classwork, let alone the service work and the practice counseling and coaching and all of that. It's not like you just wake up and say, I think I want to be a practitioner <laughs> and boom. Get to be it the next day. And you fill out the application and there you are. So um, it's not like that. And she shared that she actually has licensed this man as a practitioner. Wow. Because his consciousness and his clarity, you know, he was in prison, so, you know, if he can read the Science of Mind textbook from cover to cover, right. you know, back and forth, over and over, read all the different books. Because, you know, he didn't have to worry about, oh, I've got to find work or I've got to go to work or, you know, if he has three o'clock appointment, right? Right. And so, you know, she actually, you know, licensed him as a practitioner and, and, you know, his first Sunday actually coming to, you know, serve. Nice. Was like coming up really soon. So, you know, there is that re there is that part of the physical reality that a lot of the, dis the distractions of our day-to-day -day life when we're quote-unquote in the free world. Yes. Yeah can be distracting. And then when those are taken away, it's no surprise that you have conversions. Isn't there a line in some uh, really hip song that I should know the name of that says, freedom is uh, another way of saying there's nothing left to lose? I don't know that it's a song. Beatles song. It's a hip song. It's a Beatles song. Freedom is just another word for having nothing left to lose. Well, it's a Beatles song. I'm almost certain. But the concept, I think, again, plays to what you're saying in terms of there's nothing much these women have left to lose once they are in jail. Or to distract them from 
focusing on what's really real. And I often talk about with him, I will say, in a strange way, people will pay thousands of dollars to go stay at a monastery for a month or go into a silent retreat mm-hmm. or kind of sequester themselves off into you know some area <laughs> where they can't be bothered by cell phones and TVs and things like that. And so it really is an opportunity to just be with ourselves and our thoughts. And to see, and, and you know, and I will watch these women go through stages of just being consumed with worry about the world, consumed with worry, of course, about their children, about their family, about all the different things in the world, and then watching that shift once they have to come to some form of acceptance of that, or they will go mad, they'll go crazy. So there is some level of pressure to figure out a way to accept it. And do you accept it through playing cards or watching TV or sleeping all day on your bunk? Or do you accept it by getting into your Bible and starting to have faith and starting to believe that God has a purpose and that there's a purpose for this? And, you know, so, of course, ultimately, you start out playing cards and, you know, sleeping on your bunk. But then if you stay in jail long enough, you do turn to that spiritual side of, you know, my mind has got to let this go to somebody. Somehow, some way, I've got to let this worry, this obsession, this fear, this anxiety, I've got to let it go, or I will. You know, you, you have nowhere to go. You have nowhere to run. You have nothing to do. So, in a strange way, the mind does then flip into some sort of spiritual acceptance at some point, somehow. And if not, I guess they could go crazy. My girls don't go crazy. <laughs> I've never seen one go crazy, but I would imagine well, that they're, they're, the ones, part of it. Yeah. they're the ones who are choosing to be. You know, in a program that supports their spiritual development. Right. Wow. So, um, this is. Well, it's a quote in Science of Mind, but it's really about a biblical quote from Matthew 18.3. There you go. Good. I found it. The prison. Walls of false experience. Mm. I love, I love that. that. False experience or my if or my belief in false experiences creates prison walls. Okay, so pr- the prison walls of false experience soon build themselves into barriers, uh. shutting out the light. And the child grows into a man, often losing his sense of that inner guide leading his footsteps aright. The prison walls of false experience soon build themselves into barriers, shutting out the light. I love that. It's yeah. so true. I believe in what's going on around me. I believe in what what I see. I believe in what's on TV. I believe in what I hear people talking about all around me. And forget to check in with my spiritual foundation. The next thing I know, I've got all these walls built. I can't even recognize the gift anymore. Yes, and I, I so can resonate with the idea that once I've set a belief, if I believe, you know, life is hard, that life is not going to work out for me, that I have to struggle, that I have to do the four-letter thing now in this work, and, you know, it's not going to work for me because all I can do is work. Once I set my belief, then it's, I filter everything that comes into me through that belief. And I'll start making stories up to support that belief. Uh-huh. And so and I'll only see the things right. that are in alignment with right. that belief, even if someone else offers you something different. Right. And so I'm actually building my prison walls. Yes, through you are. every story. <laughs> That's okay. Don't act like you're so like, oh, nonchalant about it. I'm really extraordinarily engaged by this idea that I'm, you know, and that means I don't have to build it. That means I can de-build it. I was going to say you're engaged it. with it, like, so you're going to do more of it? <laughs> are you going to start taking the bricks out one oh, brick at a time? Come bring it on down. Yeah. Is there a video game or something called Tyrus? 
typist. You would know you're not that kind of person. But this woman last night in my class at the jail, when I asked her uh, how she was feeling, we do a checkout at the end, she said she was feeling like the game Tyrus, T-I-R-U-S, because I had her spell it. And she said it's some game that you play where how you hit the blocks, the walls come falling down. And she said that last night, she said, tonight after group, I feel like my walls are starting to fall down. Isn't that cool? Ah, oh, that made me smile. Okay, but that she had, you know, the the uh, the sort of the mental picture or the um, metaphor that you know she's created her own building blocks around her. And okay, so in that sense, the wall is coming down not because I'm falling apart, no, but because I am releasing, correct, and allowing all that not truly my spiritual self to fall away. The false beliefs are falling away. I like that sense. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. In that case, I like yes, it very yes, much. In that case, very good. Very good. And it's interesting that, you know, being in prison, she was still using the metaphor of walls inside her mind, mm-hmm. and certainly not the walls surrounding her physical body. Hmm. Well, maybe this is a good place to take a little break and then come back and talk more about what this thing yes the spirit has to do with being imprisoned. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit. Yes, you are. You said that with such a sort of a, an enthusiasm that I'm not used to hearing there, Tracy. Very good. Very good. Not that you're not enthusiastic. I was just going to say. What? But your tone, your tone what? there was enthusiastic. What? I love Say Yes to Spirit. <laughs> I wouldn't miss Say Yes to Spirit for much. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it is interesting, the the concept of how does Yes, saying Yes to Spirit take us out of prison. And you said something when you were talking about having the false beliefs that, that takes away the light, that quote I love. At some point, and you know, this is a difficult concept for me because I know the light Love, spirit is never not present. Correct. But I can build up my false beliefs to the extent that I am in the dark. And so how do, what does, what 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 sparks that light again? What brings in a, a shimmer through the bricks that says to me, oh, wait. There's something else. There's something more. There's something different. You know, um, recently I was um, on, well, I actually had done a treatment for someone. And then I was thinking about it and thinking about their situation, not so much them personally, but the situation and how it triggered for me what turned out to be a quote that I've been using a lot lately, and that is, I believe resentment and despair are the precursors to miracles. And the idea that the despair or the, you know, the the resentment, they both build up false walls, but it's almost like the... the um, it has to be the darkest night before the oh, sun. sun. You know that sometimes things need to be so bad that we we believe things need to be so bad. We imprison ourselves in the bad and all the things that are happening and noticing all the things that are happening that we don't like. And we do that and we just look for more and we attract more and yeah, it's the prison that we have built. But spirit is right there if we say yes to spirit. If we say yes. And so if we don't if but if but if I'm in the dark, I don't even know what I don't know. I don't know that I'm not saying yes to spirit. I don't know that there is spirit. I am just in the muck of it. So I'm wondering, I'm proposing that then it becomes, you know, an opportunity or a mandate for all of us who know. Ooh, now I sound like a missionary. But no, you know. <laughs> well, I was waiting to see where is she going to go with that. I mean, and not that they have to believe what I believe. There you go, that southern thing again. But. You know, that, that that there's some something that we give to each other as humanity that says, well, you know, I've got I've got something maybe you forgot about. Let me tell you a story about something. Or or you know, how does that or does it come through in a song on a radio? Does it come through in a you know, seeing a sunrise? I saw I saw the sunset tonight and I was amazed. I don't know why, I never really Look for the sunset when I'm at home. If I'm on the beach or in some exotic state, you know, place, I'll look for the sunset because I want to enjoy it. But if I'm, you know, home, why do I want to do such a thing? So I rarely do that. But tonight I just happened to be driving when it was really starting to just at the horizon. So I pulled over. So last night when you were driving. Watched it set, yes. What did I say? Did I say this night? Like in the future? <laughs> Perhaps I'm... Time traveling into the future. There's so, yes, no time so and space so and Right. I uh, pulled over and I started watching it. And literally within two minutes, the, it was gone. The sun was gone. And I, I ponder that because I can, within two minutes, be in the dark. Yes. I can be driving down the road, having a good moment, be in touch with spirit, 
And then within five minutes, I can be, I need to find a bridge to drive my car off of. And that sounds traumatic. But it, it, it has been that traumatic in my life and that black and that white. And how to get out of that darkness is uh, is my question. Without having to be in physical prison. Right. Without having to lose your you know, freedom. Moment. Right. And without, yeah, how do, you, how do you do that? And I think, you know, we it comes up often, all paths lead to God. And some for some people, their path must be, obviously, you know, that they have to be in that kind of environment that's very um, structured or sterile or limited so that they can tap into the freedom that's bigger than any physical limitation. And that's interesting because I do believe, I do ultimately, absolutely believe that everything is moving me towards my highest good at any moment. And if my free will steps in and I make a foolish free will decision that imprisons me, that still, even at that moment that my free will made that decision, divine design is pushing me like a river towards the highest good. It's renegotiating. It's the ultimate GPS. It's always renegotiating the path. Exactly. Oh, why did she turn here? Oh, okay. Recalculate. Yeah. Oh, goodness. She could have been there last week. <laughs> She'd only listen. Uh, now it's going to take her to like next year because she's <laughs> four left turns when she should have made a U-turn. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, but it's still working for me. And it's always working. Always working for me. And I think when I think of how strongly I believe that and how lost I can get. The poor simple-minded fool just really it doesn't stand much of a chance. You know, I mean, I think it's that sounds judgmental. But I mean, you know, really it's a it's I think it's a very I think it's a very interesting concept of how easy it is to lose sight of what we know. Because I mean I really know it. I really believe it. I really have a spiritual practice every day, and I can lose it in a heartbeat. Yes. In the sacred yes, four times a day. So <laughs> perhaps that should be our theme next week. The sacred yes, sacred yes, 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 to yes, 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 yes. Oh, geez, it's so funny. But yeah, it's very present for me right now. Um, and now I think I forgot the point I was going to make about how it can be lost so quickly. Now we can go into how I can go into the darkness so indiscriminately? No, it was the way you ended it. And, you know, if I could go back and listen to the recording. <laughs> why don't we have instant replay like they do in the football? Football thing? You know, I could have a re- replay. And I could hear it in, like, in the left ear of the headset. Or like a teleprompter oh, or something. Well, we need a producer that would actually could tell you, could prompt you back. Yeah. <laughs> Hold a note up to the window <laughs> in the studio. This is what she just she said. She um, Okay, well, I didn't remember, so, oh, well, I guess it'll either come back or it won't. But it is, a, it is an interesting idea of how to say yes to spirit when I don't even know there's spirit. When the darkness is so involved, that's not really the right word, but, you know, when I'm so much in the darkness, it, you know, it, I think there's got to be some external something that happens, I would imagine. Some trigger back to the choose, truth. Choose God or choose not God. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think that is true when we think about you know, there are more people in prison. I believe there are more people in in prison as a result of their addiction. Oh, yes. Than they are in prison because I mean, they may have killed someone, they may have stolen, you know, robbed a bank, but it was because they were addicted and oh, they were, you know, without a doubt. Versus. They're just bad people Without who, you know, wanted to go rob a bank. Right. Um, and so, 
you know, yeah, is that the path that that person needed to follow in order to have all things moved away so they could look in the mirror and go, oh, I've done a lot of quote-unquote bad things, but it brought me to this point, like you said, of someone saying going to jail was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Yes. Yes. And so maybe that is, maybe the darkness itself, like your little quote about resentment and bitterness leading to a miracle, maybe the darkness itself somehow is a trigger for the miracle or the prison walls coming down or getting the, you know, when you um, when you come out of a dark theater and it's sunlight outside, how much lighter, brighter it seems than if you came out of like a mall into the sunlight. So in a strange way, if you've been in the darkness, I like this metaphor. I'm not really concerned about anyone else. You look at me like I have three heads. But it's so much brighter if you've been in the darkness than if you've been in the pseudo light. So in a strange way, this darkness leads to a greater lightness. I'm making up understand. But than you would have had otherwise. You could just live your life in mediocre light or you could be in the real dark and the real light. I'm just trying to make a case to make my life seem better, really, is what I'm trying to do. So I like that, that my dark moments only allow me, therefore, to have brighter light moments. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it, too. But I'm done with it. How would you say yes to the spirit helps you get out of the prison. Tracy Brown, do you? I read the book with sacred yes. <laughs> I just I couldn't read five. I just couldn't read them. Yes. Five now. Couldn't stop at four, actually. I think five's a much better number. There's no quote out of the sacred yes. Does she not have a uh, quote on false beliefs? Oh, there are dozens and dozens of quotes. I just don't have the book in front of me at this moment. Um, I have started using something. I have started using the term false belief. I'm really doing more with affirmations in my own life now than I have before. I used to talk a lot about it, but didn't do much about it. Imagine that. But uh, so um, in watching my language, I'm now, instead of saying blah, 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 I will preface it with I've had a false belief, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm finding that's a curious way of speaking because it separates me from the belief. Instead of just owning the belief or stating the belief, even if I'm stating in terms of I don't want to be this way anymore, I'm still aligning with it. Yes, you are. So when I put that little step in front of it, I've had this false belief. Up until now, I've had this false belief. It disengages me from the belief itself in a really interesting way. Yeah, that would be really powerful. I can imagine how that would be really powerful. And definitely if you were saying the false belief with I, I am, Ooh. Yeah. you know, you would just be affirming it. Yeah. So I I had, up until now, I had the false belief that um, is a really good, it's a really good repositioning. Huh. So I remember the quote that I was going to use a few minutes ago, and it's not really directly connected now, but since I remembered it, I think it must be said. And there's a big piece and a big focus in the book, The Sacred Yes. (laughs) See, I'm not, you're not usually the one that does that. I'm so happy that you found a little theme to get excited about, Tracy. That makes me smile. Don't interrupt me. I'll forget it. (laughs) But there is a big focus from the introduction and then, you know, it's woven in a lot of places about not just mastery, but embodiment. Yes. And so when you were saying, well, when you were saying that, um, you know, you could teach people to do affirmations and you talked about affirmations all the time. But now you're using them and you're experiencing a different, you know, having a different relationship with them and the shift. 
And it's like that. It's like, yeah, we often think we know it. Yes. Then we know, I know all of this. I've taken eight classes and I'm <laughs> 400 you know, hours. No, no. Taken. And then you realize, oh, but I'm not really living it. It is not really integrated into what I do every day, all day long. All day long. Because I can list all these times when I am disconnected, where I have disconnected myself, or as you were talking about earlier, I'm building this wall made of my own false beliefs. doesn't change where spiritual energy is or how spiritual energy is at all. It's just I've built a wall around myself that blocks that um, or blocks my access to it. And say that quote again. I love that quote. Mastery. It's not about mastery. Right. Yeah, it's not about mastery. It's about embodiment. Embodiment. The goal, it it first comes up in, in the introduction to the book where in the early part of the book where it that's kind of the instruction, you know, to use this book to get the most out of these letters from the infinite. Don't focus on mastery. Like, don't read this to memorize what it says. Read it and see how it applies in your life. And that is the embodying, embodiment of oneness, the embodiment of of really taking whatever words you read and really integrating them into who you are. And it's really a very powerful um, concept, but it's also really a very powerful experience. Yes. And it would be in line with, you know, my desire to walk the mystical path. That is really what that path is about, is embodying 24-7. And it also, I can plug my own little book here. It's not my book, but, you know, the book that means so much to me right now in my life is Wayne Dyer's Wishes Fulfilled. Yes. And it's very much talking about how, as a group of people in New Thought, we use the creative energy and the law to manifest the physical plane, what what we want to co-create. But that next level is then coming to an understanding that we are that spiritual essence. That that is the real divine lesson, not lesson, but the divine design of our lives is to become completely embodied. I like, I love her word as spirit 24-7 without, you know, any of that little mind, little end stuff happening. I wonder if Wayne Dyer can walk through walls. What do you think? No. <laughs> I don't wonder that. Just wondering. Just I, wondering. No, I have no wonder about that. <laughs> I have no wonder. Facey does not wonder. Not um, about that. <laughs> not about that. Yeah. Not about that. I'm very clear that he is in human form. Yes, yes. And, and for me, the thinking about people who are exceptionally articulate about the spiritual principles and how they apply in different settings. So that could be Wayne Dyer, it could be Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Yama Van Zandt. Yeah, it just, you know, the list goes on and on, right? Right. You didn't and say Tracy Brown, Leslie Money, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so we always have have not role models in terms of, you know, every day being like them every day, but we have examples yes. of what's possible. Yes. And um and we we think of them as exceptions rather than examples. Yes. Yes. And you know that's one of the things I heard Wayne Dyer actually interviewed by by my mentor on T V, Oprah. She asked, you know, they were talking about in the Bible, Oprah said she years ago read that scripture where Jesus said, in greater works than these you shall do. Right. And she was certain he meant, you know, other you, 
you know, <laughs> it must not be me. And and Wayne Dyer was he used the quote of the Bible saying, All things are possible. You know, not all not just some things. All things. All things are possible. And so it's really curious how through our false beliefs, through my false beliefs I can tailor these things. My terminal uniqueness can absolutely pull me aside. And I need to look up the story of Moses because my spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, on Monday was talking about did Moses bring the people out of the and then he he couldn't enjoy it or something. He was like the external exception because she said that I had a bit of a Moses complex. <laughs> and I need to look that up to understand if I should be oh, I should be slightly upset that's or good. what I need to do to get them in my Moses complex. But did not Ooh, good things happen to Moses after he good. helped everybody forty years. And uh, what happened to Moses? Well, I can can we should... call your sister? No, well, <laughs> you actually, have her number. Actually, I could tell you that, but I think you need to look it up. <laughs> I do think you yeah. need to look it up and read that. Moses have his own prison that he lived in, as we all do. Yeah, as all human beings do. Yes. Um, and the whole idea of going through struggle and strife, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Tracy's a bit speechless by that. I like Reverend D. There you go. She is a wise one. Um, you know, I'm reminded since you said that name that I can't say, Ivana Yanla. Yes. Van Zandt. Yes. She has a new show on my TV mentor, spiritual mentor TV station owned the Oprah Winfrey Network. Yes, she does. And I happened to hear in promotion of that show, they replayed the Oprah show where the two of them reconnected ah. and told the story of how, I guess it was in maybe the early 90s, mid-90s, Oprah opened up her yeah, stage. It wasn't that long ago. wasn't that long ago. And uh, Ivana, you know, came on her show two, three times a week. And then they went into negotiations or thought about trying to give Ivana her own show. Ivana is Ivana Trump. No, 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 I don't mean that one. Say it again. Ivana. Ivana? Who names the child? Ivana. Does that have some spiritual meaning? Ivana. Ivana. It's a beautiful name, but I can't say it apparently. Ivana. We could do this all night. Yes, so she <laughs> she was talking about how Oprah was talking to her about possibly doing her own show mm-hmm. and starting to be, I guess Harpo at that time would have been her producer. And Oprah gave her the impression that she wasn't ready to do that yet, that she didn't think Yanya was ready for that yet. And then Barbara Walters comes along and says, I'll give you your show now. I'll give you a million dollars. And the false belief, the, the the two beliefs of these two powerful women, woman whose name I can't say, and Oprah Winfrey, who I believe work spiritual programs and are certainly spiritual beings, mm-hmm. dove into their false beliefs and they separated for years. They didn't speak. And they had these feelings of, you know, really misinformation about each other. And then what was really amazing, though, was to watch them, and I believe them, that they, the producers kind of set it up as the two of them really allowed the audience to see the organic, here's what I thought you said, here's what I heard, here's what I was wanting, here's what I felt moment, and watching them come back together. And it was such an amazing example of how when you are willing to step into the truth and say, here's what I thought, and then to hear what was really true and to let go of that false belief and embrace the truth, how truly that's a miracle. I mean, that show was <laughs> witnessing a miracle unfold, and now she has this fabulous show on OWN. And, it, you know, it's much more in line with who she is than the show she had in the other network. Exactly. No fighting about who... You want me to be. I can just be who I am. I like it. Me too. And I also like the idea that, you know, really 
spiritual people have these blinders that they can get lost <laughs> in their false beliefs. I find that strangely reassuring. That's, well, I would say that's because they're human. Yeah. <sighs> I know you hate that. I think Wayne Dyer might be able to walk through walls. I should text him or tweet him or something. <laughs> I have no words. I wish we had a TV camera. I have no words. Because you're a practitioner. So if I'm saying yes to spirit, do I? I probably don't ever go into prison. No, we're human. We go into prison. But if I say yes to spirit, I don't stay in prison as long. And I don't uh-huh. I don't build a prison wall as high. So as soon as it's, as soon as I start to notice the light is dimming, I start meditating or you know doing some spiritual practice or calling a Farming friend, prayer, or right, call right. the lifeline. Yes, yes. What happened to that TV show? That um, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, it's still on TV. Tracy Brown. It is. Yes, love you. Yes, it's on during the day now. I know that because I was unemployed for so many years. But yeah, it's on during the day now. Every day, Monday through Friday. I know, look at me like I looked at it all the time. It's a cute little show. Mm. But yes, call a lifeline, do something. In prison, take action. (laughs) But really, you know what hell is? It's 2 a.m. TV. Really? (laughs) I I can really tell you, I mean, your sex life and your money and your family life, just they have a solution. How to make you skinny. All the things you just don't want to hear about at 2 a.m. is pretty much all you can watch on TV. Somebody must want to hear about it at 2 a.m. That's when they all air. Making some money off of it. So, but the idea being... Or is it that that by 2 a.m. you've lost your mind? (laughs) And so people buy stuff because they, you know, like, what was it, Midnight, the pumpkin, the coach, Cinderella's coach turned into a pumpkin? <laughs> yes. So there must be some research that says Absolutely. at one fifty a.m. that people's brains turn into pumpkins and they'll buy whatever you show them. I have heard it said in open AA meetings that uh, you, you know people become more attractive at twelve fifty nine or something. If you're in the bar, you'll go home with anybody at twelve fifty nine. You wouldn't go home with it, you know, nine o'clock. But suddenly. Something happens. See, and I'd also like to point out that I'm thrilled to say that you took us off track because I consistently take us off track. I know. But you just, you have a little theme going with the saying in the book. You want to say it again? So it be seven times. Yes. Yes, see, and you took us off track. This is a whole new Tracy. I am loving it. Yes, I think it's very, very. This is, could be scary. <laughs> Perhaps. Oh, no. Oh, no. Years, you are having Way too a much. Small, a small? Way too much. No, no, no. Never too much. So if I'm saying yes to spirit, then when the first little prison wall starts building up, I would I would do something. I'm reminded there's this young woman that um, is in jail, and she we do attention cards. On Mondays and Fridays, we set an intention, a big intention, like I want to be more spiritual or I want to be a better friend or I want to have a a clear mind and not worry. And then we come up with three practice steps. And the practice steps have to be very specific, like I'm going to pray every morning before I get out of my bunk. I'm going to keep a journal. I'm going to interview three people and ask them what God means to them. But the practice steps have to be very specific. And then you do the practice steps every day. And the intention is to do it. And you, you, we all learn that whether we actually do it or not, because we had the intention, brings awareness to it. Awareness is progress. But this young girl talked about it. Her intention was to see the good in everything. Mm-hmm. And one of her steps was, when I think something bad is happening, I'll stop and take a breath and remind myself that everything is working for the good. And she told the story of how she was having a conversation with maybe a parent, someone on the phone. She was talking to them. And she said, I felt myself getting angry and getting defensive and feeling attacked by this person. And she said, I stopped. I took three breaths. Mm-hmm. And I reminded myself that everything is working for my good. 
And she said immediately she saw that the other person was in fear and was trying to help her the best way they knew how, but their fear was Mm -hmm. causing them to throw out these things at her. And she said when she realized that, she said something that helped ease their fear Mm-hmm. And the whole conversation shifted, and then they could really be give her what they wanted to give her, which was love and understanding. What she was able to ease their fear. Powerful. That was cool. That's very powerful. So when they feel that kind of block starting to take a breath, three breaths, she said she took three breaths, and to just remind herself to make the statement, everything's working for my good. There you go. There's my there's my tip, and I'd like to point out that I had a fairly decent tip there. <laughs> Hopeless. <laughs> Hopeless. So we're just about out of time for say yes to spirit, and um, or otherwise known as the uh, sacred yes <laughs> book club. No. Nope. But we do love that book. <laughs> I just wanted to say it once. <laughs> All right. So um, thanks for joining us on Say Yes to Spirit. And we hope you'll check out the schedule online and see what's coming up in future weeks and come hang out with us again. But until that happens, say, say yes, yes to the Spirit. spirit.